special episode of funny looks the podcast where i talk to performers about the clothes they wear featuring special guest nathan cassidy comedian pianist (laughs) podcaster and style icon (laughs) wow what an introduction thank you amelia comedian musician <laughs> and style icon yourself oh thank you i wasn't expecting you to say that back yeah absolutely that's what um that's what first attracted is the wrong word uh note <laughs> made me notice you on the uh, on the royal mile i'm like who is that style icon because we, um, we met yeah. flyering absolutely yeah you stood out <laughs> you only you spoke out. to me you only spoke to me on the day so i used to wear like a suit every day with a piano tie but i feel like you only spoke to me on the day that i was wearing this like hat that was a burger like that was- <laughs> <laughs> no i don't remember that at all are you joking i don't remember I the don't... hat being a burger because if i'd noticed that i would never have spoken to you um <laughs> because that you're describing there a twat on the royal mile <laughs> That's the last person I'd speak to. I clearly didn't notice it was a burger. Um, I would have definitely not spoken to you. Because I think I said to you after meeting you a couple of times that your style is authentic, even though it's kind of out there, it's authentically you. But I would not have said that if I'd noticed you wore a hat as a burger. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, well, um, yeah, my memory's my memory's bad. Uh, and then on that day, you said that your son was coming to visit and you were going to bring your son to my show. <laughs> did you t- like, Did you say, no, don't do that? I blanked you for like three days. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he can't do that. Like, that would ruin my show if there's someone that's under 18 here. So. Yeah. So I brought my friend instead and my son had to stand outside crying. Yeah. Going, what's, what's the silly lady saying now? In yeah. her burger hat. Yeah. He missed a good show. But yeah, I sort of noticed your style on the mile. And that was that you always wear like a leather jacket and a hat and skinny jeans and like boots <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's good noticing from you there, Amelia. <laughs> well done. Um, but not true. I mean, not true. Um, I, yeah. I, yeah. It was very hot, wasn't it, in the first um, couple of weeks. So I definitely didn't wear a leather jacket in the first uh, week or two. And I've only recently started to wear the leather jacket again, not on stage, but um, but out and about after a few people. I, I don't know. I wore it for something. And um, 
yeah, a few people said, hey, that looks good. And it reminded me that 10 years ago when I was uh, officially young enough to still wear it, it did look good. And I thought, um, I thought, why not? Um, and there's an answer to that. Why not? Because uh, some people don't like it, <laughs> including another um, quote friend of mine who I arrived at the mile in that get up. Uh, the leather jacket, the hat, the skinny jeans, as you described, and the boots. And she said, Nathan, what have you come dressed as? <laughs> I'm just like, this isn't fancy dress. This is what I'm choosing to wear. Um, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, glad you noticed me. We noticed each other. Yeah. But like, I remember also bumping into you and you told me that you'd lost like one of your favorite hats. You'd like left it in an Uber and you did seem like genuinely heartbroken. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I did. Well, there was a story there because in the first week of the festival, I've started wearing this hat over the over the last year just because I'm running between gigs and it just saves me if I'm through the door. I can just take my hat off and go straight on stage rather than thinking as my hair, whatever, fucked up in the, uh, in the <laughs> wind. And as I was in the middle of saying this, I'm like, am I coming across like a prick? But I'm not, am I? I'm just, I'm on stage. I want my hair to, to look okay, to look good. That's fine. I'm a performer, pianist and whatever else you said. Um, style icon there we go uh, but you got to look you know you want to look good on stage you know it's your you know um, there you go and <laughs> I'm trying to defend myself so in the first week I had this hat which I just got from a charity shop um, 10 pounds from a Manchester charity shop and um, I had to walk past uh, I didn't have to it was my route I walked past um, a group of homeless uh, people on the corner of the Pleasance as I walked down to the gym every day to have my daily swim for my bad back and um, every day they would comment <laughs> on my appearance. Um, so I had a, in the first couple of days, I had a homeless guy, and you'll do the accent much better than me. Um, he was sitting down, all homeless. and um, You mean I'll do the sh- Scottish accent better? Yeah. He shouted up at me and went, Mate! Mate! You're ridiculous! Yeah? That hat is ridiculous! Right? And I went, wow. And he went... <laughs> as if to reiterate something he thought I hadn't heard he went no mate I'm telling you it's ridiculous that hat is ridiculous so I I, I walked on and I thought this is the worst review I've ever had in Edinburgh um I, I was gutted and I thought I thought I looked good and I, I came back and had a chat to a few friends and they were like well you know it's yeah it does it's it's not a great hat you know so I immediately went down Rose Street and went into a hat shop and bought an £80 hat, um, gave nothing to charity, and it was a much nicer hat. And that was the hat then. So even the friends who said it was ridiculous uh, stopped saying it was ridiculous, and the group of homeless people stopped commenting on the hat, so I knew I'd done the right thing. What um, was, so how I bad lost... was this hat, like the original it hat? It was fine. I've got, well, I've got it here, but the, the, the listeners yeah. won't be able Describe to... Uh, disco- um, yeah, I mean, I'll... I'll show it you here. It was, I mean, it was fine. It was, <laughs> it was the same kind of shape as my new hat, but it just was a bit crumpled. <laughs> and I can't remember what somebody said I looked like. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, the, it was mainly the homeless person's um, reaction. And um, every day, I deliberately keep walking past them just to check whether they thought <laughs> I looked outfit. good. Every yeah, because 
they were the they were the arbiter of taste in my eyes and um uh for the rest of the fringe they uh they let me off that's good um so did you lose the 80 pound hat then well no i left it in an uber and oh my um God. it was uh, i mean i've lo- i've lost my child once on uh, columbia road flower market in london for 10 <laughs> minutes but i cared more about the hat <laughs> um and i was furiously phoning round uber um and um i went to this yeah dodgy location in the in the near the airport <laughs> He said, well, you can come over my house. And I thought, oh, no, this is going to end up in a sex game. But I'm bored in Edinburgh, so I'm fine. I'll do anything to get this hat back. Just suck my dick, suck it. Um, and um, <laughs> so, yeah, I went to this dodgy. Oh, yeah, I forgot that. I went to this dodgy location, like, in, you know, in the back. I mean, I live in an ex-council estate, but it was like a dark and it was kind of, um, uh, yeah. So I was trying to find this house. I opened the door and this, I'm not kidding you, this like five-year-old child, because uh, I was in touch with him over text and he was like, yeah, come over at this time. This five-year-old child <laughs> answered the door and just looked up at me and just very softly said, here's your hat, mister, and then closed the door. It was just like a beautiful, beautiful end to a film, a very, a very bad, boring film. <laughs> <laughs> why, did, why did they get their child to do their admin? I don't know. Well, the adults were nowhere in sight as well. I don't know if maybe I was talking to texting this five year old child um, because there was no sign of an adult in sight and he yeah. knew all about the hat. In Edinburgh, um, you know, the, the rules are different. The laws are different for like driving and Uber drivers. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, fuck. But like, do you ever wear mm. that on stage or is it just between oh, gigs look? Yeah, good heavens, no. People, some people say, why didn't you wear that on stage? I host a gig called the Rat Pack Stand-Up Comedy, so it would kind of fit in in that mm. gig. And we kind of used to wear hats at the end of that gig in Edinburgh, you know, as we were singing and saying goodbye and stuff. But no, I, I can't think of a comedian that wears a hat, on apart from a cap. I mean, a lot of uh, particularly like American comedians will mm. wear a cap and whatever, but I can't think of anyone that wears a hat that would be terribly affected <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't it but i think it would for 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 me to be wearing a hat but a lot of people have said yeah wear it i think they just think it would look better than my hair <laughs> particularly when i have it cut you know with a with a tram line in the middle yeah. but um you i don't know why they have when, a problem with that when i was like down in london and we yeah i don't know why people have a problem with that. that you had that hair yeah the... amelia i'm 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 mid to late 20s <laughs> um Okay. So <laughs> I can have that haircut. I can wear that leather jacket. Mm-hmm. Why do, This is the thing with people's appearance. It's like, I'm sure you get it, you know, a lot. Opinions. It's just like, why don't you do something else rather than have an opinion on what I'm wearing or kind of want to project your opinion? I can ask your opinion and then you can say, oh, it's shit and it's mm-hmm. fine. Um, but people, there was a guy I used to know uh, when I used to work in banking like 15 mm-hmm. years ago. And he always used to come up to me every day and go, oh, hi, Nathan, you're looking very, and this would be his opening line every every time. You're looking very, and we'll just have an opinion on the way I look. So if I was wearing a grey suit, it would be like, oh, hi, Nathan, you're looking very grey. And I'd be like immediately, I'd be like immediately depressed. Like, oh, oh why are you, why are you forming an opinion on mm-hmm. what I wear? But I guess this is what the podcast is about, and I'm all it's in. It's not really about opinions. It's just like, no. um, what is like your thinking behind it? So, like, what 
<laughs> like, why did you do this, you fucking weirdo? No, yeah. it's like when so. Well, the hat is purely to keep my, you know, hair mm-hmm. uh, as I'm fl- flying between gigs. That was the original thinking, mm-hmm. and then so I've just started wearing it more because I tend to work a lot and I'm flying between places mm-hmm. and stuff. So yeah, that was the original thinking, and then various people who I love. I mean, I, I liked the homeless people, but I didn't love them. Various people who I love say it looks good, so I carried on wearing it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's your between gig outfit. What do you normally wear to actually <laughs> be on stage? Exactly the same, but I take the hat off and What's the leather the jacket off. Well, it's evolved um, over the years. I've been doing stand-up comedy for, for 72 years now. <laughs> and... Um, when it first, when I first started, so I first started in 99, 2000, um, I was on the circuit for about a year. So I, I was building up for then. it. No, I'm joking. I actually was. <laughs> <laughs> Only just probably. Um, so yeah, you, you, you build up to the first gig and there was a big build up to my first gig. So I wanted to do it, kind of wanted to do it, thinking about it at university. I went to university with Marcus Brigstock and he was doing a lot of stand up. Um, but I wasn't in that gang, and so I was doing a lot of theatre. And so all through university, there was a build-up. So I, I knew I wanted to move to London and get a job, uh, but just purely to do stand-up. So there was a kind of big build-up. And I didn't... So there was probably too much of a build-up. There was too much thought about what I was going to wear. So I was thinking I want to kind of... Uh, it, I was a lot different act back then. I was wacky. I was like Steve Martin influence. I was improvising half of my set, which is probably one of the things that uh, drew me towards you because I was walking down Savile Row, but just be the kind of couple of weeks before I did my first gig, and there was the Boateng sale, Oswald Boateng sale, and there was two suits in there a bright orange and a Mm. bright purple suit. And they were a thousand pound plus suits, but they were on sale for a hundred pounds, which I I could afford back in the day because I used to work in banking. So I thought I'm going to buy these two suits, orange and purple suit. And this is how I will make my mark (laughs) on the stand up circuit. I'm laughing as if this isn't the very thing that you still wear. Um, So it's totally... (laughs) as well I'm yeah. like, oh that's ridiculous <laughs> yeah, yeah. i didn't start with that that's do you know what i mean i didn't open with that well that's no, it who would who would open who would have the confidence to open fucking mental you know with this I mean? so but also just by chance my first gig was at banana cabaret or certainly the venue that banana cabaret was at which is a very famous gig in london for people that don't know it it's a big venue uh, to do a first gig in you know a couple of hundred people can get in there it's like two stories it's a legendary club so i turned up <laughs> and for my very first gig and obviously spoiler alert everyone on their first gig is shit um but i was thinking oh yes you know i'm gonna be good and so i was getting changed into my purple suit and the promoter came over to me and went <laughs> oh <laughs> i just got into my purple suit i was looking because boateng suits are incredible so i was looking good and he said oh you clearly know what you're doing i'll put you i'll put you on last <laughs> oh. My and I just, God. I had the confidence of someone that had never done stand-up before. So I was like, yeah, obviously, you know, no one could follow Nathan Cassidy on his first gig. And I went on in my purple suit and obviously I died. Um, oh, it wasn't God. really, I mean, nobody laughed. So 
is that a death? Is that, is that, <laughs> is that what you clarify? No, actually, I got, I got one laugh when I said this is going well. So um, I didn't feel like... I, <laughs> it was a death, but it didn't like, feel... Material? Do you remember what your material was like? Like what it was about? Well, it was kind of half improvised. And it was very mm-hmm. silly. And um, yeah, there was virtually no material. There was virtually... Uh, <laughs> No material at all. Um, so I think I was talking about Purple Ronnie. Do you know the guy who writes cards? I think it was five minutes on Purple Ronnie with maybe a dash of uh, material about crisps. Um, I mean, I'm laughing at that. Oh, yeah. Great. I mean, it was... I'm your audience. I mean, I was only on the circuit a year. I was making waves. After this first gig, I was wearing this purple and orange suit. I stood out, if nothing else. So I was kind of... It was a lot less competitive then. So I was getting money fairly quickly, and I was starting to get noticed by a few big agents. And, um, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that was my first outfit. So I think that outfit lasted... I think I wore that for, like, yeah, a year, year and a half until I until I gave up stand-up. Um and I gave up just after, <laughs> oh my God, I gave up just after 9-11, right? I was watching 9-11 and obviously devastated as we all were. But one of the thoughts rushing through my head was I can't now go on stage this weekend wearing a purple and orange suit talking, <laughs> talking about purple Ronnie. <laughs> Because, <laughs> Ronnie, that material. <laughs> because it's not it suddenly didn't seem to be as relevant in the days <laughs> following 9-11 so 9-11 kind of made me give up which is some people still say is one of the biggest tragedies um about 9-11 that it made nathan cassidy give up stand-up comedy for 10 years but it did i just didn't think i could go on stage and i guess the outfit was part of it the outfit was all kind of my persona and I was wacky. I was playing a keyboard. The joke being I couldn't play the keyboard at that stage. Um, it was all ridiculous. And again, I'm saying this as, as if this isn't your current act. <laughs> I, know, I mean, I don't... But don't worry, 9-11 was 20 years ago. So no, people, people have forgotten about that now, which I means don't... you can g- g- do your act again. And, uh, you know... I don't, um... I don't... I mean, I wear like a bright suit. It's sometimes loose maybe like during my fringe show that you came to mainly because i was just taking the piss out of you (laughs) (laughs) eating a pret a manger in my fucking show like i'm sorry i'm so sorry about that during a fringe show no i'm so sorry i wasn't eating a pret i tried to sneak a little bit of a biscuit in i wasn't like eating a full um, pret it was like a full soup (laughs) sandwich a ginger shot honestly you had like the full menu like it was so cringe so that was why that was loose because if if you don't address really big things that are happening in the room then it makes it more awkward so if i hadn't addressed that's not a big thing that's not a big thing someone (laughs) eating a pret um Um, but of course of course i'm joking it's like it's i i i love acts like you and i you know that's the act i originally wanted to be and thought i was and yeah, nine eleven. I guess made me change my mind. <laughs> the other reason for changing my mind was I li- just literally had nothing to talk about. I had no material, so I used to improvise my sets. So I went on at the comedy store and did that. And Dom Ward was like, "You have no material," you know. And it's like, I agree. I absolutely agree. Um, so yeah, I had to go away for ten years and get some material. Um, so what did you do in the ten years? Also, side note, you actually have learned the piano. 
like i have now since then i think that's really cool <laughs> yeah yeah because of that because you're just on stage like being so shit at the piano like and you're just like right this is it <laughs> no I'm that was become... the joke but i the know joke... I it's a joke yeah but did you just suddenly become it, it seems to me like you just suddenly became really serious do you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well you know 9 11 will do that for mm-hmm. you but um no um no it's, it's i don't know it's uh I hadn't, I hadn't really lived an experienced life. I had no money as a kid growing up. I'd done nothing. So suddenly I'd got a bit of money from banking. So suddenly I could think I can go around the world and experience life and actually live before... Uh, because my favourite stand-ups were actually not Steve Martin. I was inspired by that thinking oh, that's what I should do. That would be funny. But actually that wasn't inside me. That wasn't the real authentic me Mm. so it was going i went around the world i wrote books i wrote plays i went back to theater but always in my mind i knew i'd come back to stand up when i was ready but it took me yeah 2001 to basically 2010 2009 2010 to come back with a more authentic uh, me and pretty much yeah it hasn't changed since then i've just been myself so you know i work with some stand-ups now new stand-ups and whatever and i'm just like you can save a lot of time if you're going if just be yourself just be yourself and um you know you, you don't have to be yourself you can be a character but either be a character or be yourself and mm-hmm. what's great about you is you're yourself but you're you're different as well but you're still yourself which is why i said to you that you're authentically you i think you whatever you are the, the audience has to see that you're authentic when they look at lee evans they don't think here's an actor playing a character which is what it is they think oh lee evans is like that mm-hmm. you know um and that goes for whoever it is even like harry hill they don't look at harry hill and go here's someone putting on an act yeah um, but he is but they it's authentically you you think oh this guy is this person um so yeah that's what you see on stage now and that includes the clothes yeah i think like maybe with like quite exaggerated personas it's like the essence is real like so maybe like like a slightly neurotic energy that's maybe quite inwardly neurotic it goes outwards and it becomes like a persona but it's the essence that people can see is coming from the truth yeah Um, yeah but yeah i've totally experienced like not being myself on stage and it's just draining because it just it just feels like it's just draining (laughs) and it just feels like why am I doing this I was the opposite to you you know what's really funny is that I used to like because obviously now you wear kind of all black and stuff and you used to wear the suits like a few years ago I used to wear like all black like I'd wear like black skinny jeans and like a black t-shirt and like (laughs) Nike Air Max you know and I thought that I looked dead edgy and everyone takes the piss out of me. They were like, remember when you used to wear that? And remember when you used to do that material and you tried to be like edgy or like, I wasn't even trying to be edgy. I think I was just trying to be cool. Do you know what I mean? I was just trying to like be like cool. And anyway, yeah. But that's it. It's kind of uh, you find yourself, you know, that's the, that's the nature of stand up. You spend years finding yourself and being true to yourself. And the, yeah, that's interesting that people used to take the piss, but they took the piss because they, they thought it wasn't you yeah so now they think it's you and it Mm -hmm. probably is more you then Mm -hmm. yeah but uh still don't walk past the homeless contingent in edinburgh they won't like you i don't think they would like if they didn't like your like quite chill (laughs) trilby i really don't think they would have reacted well to like the burger hat that i was wearing yeah like 
it was only one day I wore that when I was flying just to get attention. But mm. I remember one day everyone reacted really well to it. Like on the mile, like they were like, taking my flyers and stuff. And then the next day I wore it, everyone was just kind of like horrified. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I stopped. Yeah. I, I can imagine can't. that. It's like I just couldn't deal. But yeah, so now, what, like, who are you then? <laughs> <laughs> who the like F on are stage, you? like, what's your vibe? Just like normal vibes. <laughs> Yeah, normal vibes. And I'd say um I'd say I don't care anymore. And that's cool. Uh, apart from apart from my hair. <laughs> <laughs> but and I think I think that's taken a long time as well. So I came back on the circuit in 2010. And so every year I can look back at all my shows and kind mm -hmm. of chart what I was thinking at the time in terms of my outfit. And it would be subtly mm. different. It would be like, oh, I should be wearing a jacket now. Let's get an All Saints jacket. Or I should be wearing a, di a diesel thing. Or I should be wearing a... Uh -huh. I mean, I you know, I did this Back to the Future show in 2015. So that was... I did do a bit of dress up on that mm -hmm. show and a dress like Martin McFly. But yeah, thinking about it, um, since... 2019 i just haven't really thought about it and whatever i wear in my day-to-day -day life i'll wear on stage you know which i guess makes it so much easier mm -hmm. but that is a kind of big that is a you know turning point and i never really think about clothing now but this podcast has made me think about clothing mm -hmm. that people used to say it takes 10 years to find yourself as a stand-up and i've been going kind of yeah after 10 years i really did um, I really did, you know, find the authentic me, both really in terms of the material, but also in mm -hmm. terms of the material, the, the clothes mm -hmm. that I would just wear who I am rather than so I can just go between gigs and this is what I wear. And it is um, it is something of note that um, mm -hmm. you're not you're not pretending anymore. You're not putting on a show. And that's the real beauty of stand-up, that people feel like they're connecting with the real you. And in my case, I think they really are. I have to, I have to kind of, um, you know, change the order of things and uh, not be 100% true sometimes, not to hurt people's feelings. But it's kind of 95% true. And um, certainly what you see is, uh, you know, yeah, 100% true. Mm -hmm. Even kind of... Um, Somebody said the other day, um, they said, um, you just went on stage in a um, hoodie. Um, <laughs> I was in Manchester. And they're like, I've never seen that before. You just went on stage in a hoodie. I'm just like, I was cold. You know? <laughs> I had no thought apart from I'm cold. And it was quite nice, actually. I had my hands in my pockets for the first time because I've never worn a hoodie on stage before. But that's mm. how much I don't care. I want to look good. But if I'm cold, I'll wear a hoodie. It'll be a nice hoodie because it will just be things I'm wearing in, you know, it's what I had on yeah. um, going through the cold of Manchester. So I, um, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> and it sounds like a small thing and I hope it's a big thing for this podcast because no, this is what the podcast is about. But it is, it's kind <laughs> of, um, and I used to make a thing of it just like, mm -hmm. oh, I've never worn a jumper on stage like 10 years ago and just like, you know, as if it mattered. Mm -hmm. It, it um, I feel like it doesn't matter anymore as long as you are authentically you. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think it takes 10 years? Like, what do you think you have <laughs> to go through as a comedian to reach that 
level of like yeah just like feeling comfortable and not caring as much like what do you actually have to go through in those 10 years what is it well, yeah. Have you heard the 10 year thing? Because when I started out, I think it's a very common thing among stand ups that it takes 10 years to to find yourself. So maybe it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that we all keep going for exactly 10 years. And then we think, oh, now I've got to suddenly change to who, uh, who I really am. But, you know, there's got to be something in it. I mean, obviously, it's not exactly 10 years. But um, as I say, when I'm working with new stand ups, I'm like, who's the real you? Let's get to the truth straight away. You know, even if you're not saying it on stage, who do you really, who are you really? What is the truth? And I think it takes a number of years to, you know, peel away those layers. It's a, it's, it's a, it is a scary thing. You forget how scary it is to stand up there on your first gig wearing a purple suit (laughs) with the, with the purple Ronnie material. But of course, looking back, that was all hiding. I wasn't like that in normal life. I wasn't wacky. I wasn't wearing these purple suits. I probably was actually. <laughs> but um, I wore them once or twice out in London. The orange one I used to wear. Wow. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, but it wasn't me. I wasn't wearing it all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you're hiding. You think, I don't want to give the audience me because you think it's not funny. But the real funny comes from the cur- at least a kernel of truth and hopefully at least kind of 50%, 90% true, as close to 100%. And if you can get funny out of the 100% truth of your life, then you're really hitting home. Whoever it is, you know, um, you know the great stand-ups, they make you belly laugh from your heart and from your soul because it's really hitting home. You're thinking, fuck, that's true. You know, if somebody, if somebody, or, you know, you can see the truth in you, you know, so when you're doing, you know, your stuff, which seemingly I hate to analyze your stuff, but when it's kind of wacky, but then you say something that's seemingly real, like, I'm so lonely, or, or, or whatever, the audience then are really laughing with you and really connecting because they, whether it's true or not, they think they're finding the truth of you. And uh, it takes a number of years to I don't know whether you would have said that in your in your first uh, first months or years, like connecting with the audience, like I am actually lonely. This is why Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is why I'm doing this. (laughs) But for me, for me, that's where I mean, there's obviously loads of different types of comedy. But for Mm -hmm. me, that's where great comedy lies. And it does take a number of years to peel off those layers and see the truth. I think like as well, when choosing an outfit which I'm still in this place it's like you're trying to control the audience's perception of you Mm. and I think that comes that trying to control the situation maybe comes from fear which comes from a lack of experience I think having tough gigs having loads of gigs different gigs you build up a thick skin and you kind of let go more about the outcomes of gigs like you go I'm prepared I know that I'm good so I'm going to let go of the situation. But, you know, the flip yeah. side of that is going, oh, I'm not sure about this gig. I better wear this outfit. Then I'll go well. Do you think yeah. that's something you've experienced, like that flip from being controlling to like letting go more? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you when you first start, you believe that you, you believe that the clothes and they do have um, they do have an effect in terms of people's perceptions. Absolutely. When you walk mm. on stage, but not as much as you think, because as soon as you open your mouth <laughs> and you're either funny or not, they're not changing their decision based on what you're wearing. <laughs> they're, they're making decisions purely about whether you're making them laugh. And if you look at any of the great standups, 
you know, um, I don't know, like, I don't know, Bill Burr. It's kind of, you get the impression he doesn't give a fuck <laughs> what he's wearing. And he's wearing that in normal life because he's wearing jeans and a T-shirt yeah. because he's good and he knows he's good. And um, I doubt there's much angst with people like Bill Burr. Mm-hmm. or um you know as to as to what he's wearing but it takes a number of years to be good and know that you're good um to let all of that go mm-hmm. so on my first gig i thought i'm gonna be good because i'm a performer i can act but of course i was totally awful doesn't mean i was a bad person <laughs> <laughs> which many people would have thought oh there's a complete twat i wasn't a twat i was just misguided thinking i'd be good at an art form where like piano it takes you 10 years it's taken me right. 10 years to be good at that stand up i think does take seven to ten years to be really mm-hmm. really good i mean obviously there's exceptions you know but even people that you think were really good as soon as they started you know maybe they were a couple of years before you saw them like daniel kitson or ross noble or these kind of guys um Mm. you know some people get good very early um but most people it takes it takes a long time and yeah it's just the it's letting go of that it's letting go of all those fears those misconceptions those misapprehensions about what's going on here when all is going on is someone talking into a microphone Hmm. and making people laugh. Nothing else matters. Mm. I mean, have you ever had a gig where you've worn something and felt like it has changed people's perception of you? Well, yeah, I mean, that that was another reason why I thought the suit is... (laughs) It's not for me. So when I wore the suit, I walked on in the King's Head, another legendary club in London, which I really wanted to do well at. Um, and I was doing well at back in the day, and I'd done two or three open spots, and I thought, oh, this is my, this is my chance to get onto the next level, the paid level. Mm-hmm. And um, as I was walking on in my purple suit, somebody looked at me, and he probably didn't say anything cruel, but what I heard was, oh, look at this guy. He spent all his money on his suit. Um, so it wasn't actually it wasn't like look at this twat but he did make a comment on the suit as I was Mm -hmm. walking on the stage and it suddenly dented my confidence like oh this guy hates my suit even before I've got on the stage why am I yeah why am I doing this why are you turning off people before they can even (laughs) before you've even stepped into the light this was this was I was walking through the through the audience in the dark somebody commented on this I'm like, why am I doing this? And I was doing it, as I say, yeah, to hide, not um, not with any, you know, thought, but mm-hmm. I was doing it looking back to hide kind of who I really was. Um, but yeah, in more in more recent times, no, because I'm just wearing very kind of you know normal clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess I guess occasionally things crossing from my mind like this gig in manchester where i would the hoodie mm-hmm. you know maybe maybe it wasn't completely that i was cold maybe it was a very young audience so maybe there was <laughs> something in my head that... jesus christ like no 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 just, just like I'm, I'm just i'm just over analyzing what you know i wasn't <laughs> thinking but i'm just like because sometimes when there's a, a young audience it's like oh you, you start to question you know um but as i say not really in the last three years because it's kind of i don't give a fuck um and i really don't and you can pretend you don't give a fuck like when you first start in the first 10 or so years but it's kind of 
after 10 years, you really don't give a fuck and it's a beautiful place to be. And you don't give it, not give a fuck as in not care. I really care about the audience having a good time. Mm -hmm. But I actually don't give a fuck. If anyone doesn't like me or doesn't like the way I look, um, then, um, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Because I know a lot of people, you know, have opinions and I don't give a fuck about uh, their opinions, apart from if you're a homeless person in Edinburgh um, and care about uh, my hat. Yeah. Do you think, like, it's sort of like you've become, like, less needy towards the audience? Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, mm -hmm. I never thought I was. I never thought I was needy. Mm -hmm. um, it's all things that you don't think about, and it's only looking back twenty years. It's, <laughs> it's not like at the time you think, "Oh, I'm really needy. I want the audience to love me." Uh, <laughs> that's, that's not your I thought. Think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes if I'm not in a good place, I'm like, "You're fucking needy today." Like, I'll literally be like you're fucking neat i'll just like in my head i'm like well we're all needy so. we're all needy in a way we're stand-ups we're needy of love and affection and um affirmation and laughter mm. we're needy but um yeah i don't i certainly don't wear clothes that um yeah um i mean how long have you been doing stand-up i want to say six years but it might yeah. be more now um so you're not at the 10-year stage yet. So it's kind of, uh, yeah, I think no. you're at the stage where things might change over the next couple yeah, of years. I've and in already... a couple of years' time, you won't, you won't give a fuck. And it will yeah. be, be a freeing moment if you, if you do give a fuck now. I've been through quite a lot of stage looks as well in that time. But, I, but then I love, like, pop stars. So I have that whole influence of, like, loving Madonna do you know what I mean? And like loving that thing of changing the look every few years. That's something that brings me joy and is like a creative yeah, yeah. thing for the me. The reinvention. So, yeah, I love it. And so... I do that with my haircut. Yeah, see, you do it. That's how you <laughs> express yourself. You got like, maybe you'll get like a Nike tick next. <laughs> well, I virtually, I virtually did when I saw you last. Yeah, I, you I, got, I got tram lines, but that's only because I don't give a fuck. And I said to the hairdresser, do whatever you want. And he went, really? <laughs> I went, yeah, I don't give a fuck. I'm just bored to just like do whatever you want. So that's what he did. I went, mm -hmm. what do you think? And I, I thought it looked a bit silly. Um, and so did a lot of other people, but I don't care. Um, but maybe yeah, a lack of care is, is caring if we're going to analyse it. Yeah. But do you think like, you know how you say you like, you don't care as much and stuff in comedy. Do you think that happens in like your personal life as well? Like you just feel a bit more at peace with yourself. Or have you always um, felt like that? I felt, yeah, I felt at peace. But, yeah, it's, it's like when, it's like when I'm trying to give you a deep answer because there is one. Because when, when a partner will, will make a comment on um, what I'm, how I look, I have to, yeah, I have, I'm struggling for more words now because it's, it is, it, it is an issue because I, I personally, and I said this the other day, I personally would never comment on somebody else's outfit. It's just a personal thing. I would never comment on somebody else's outfit um, as a, like a serious point, as if they had to change anything about themselves. I would never make an opinion um, uh, that I didn't like something. If somebody asked me what I thought, I would put, and I would tell them, that I don't love it, but in, in nice terms. I would never be hurtful about people's appearance. Um, so I don't know why I feel quite so deeply about that, but I guess, you know, you kind of, you, you look back to school days and people were bullied around you for their appearance and people are still bullied now. 
and yeah so that that so that comes out in if somebody makes an opinion on my appearance i have to i have to kind of step back from it a little bit and kind of not get angry within myself that they're doing something that i wouldn't do mm -hmm. and just ask myself why they're doing it so if it's a partner they're they're doing it because they love you and they want to you know they want the best for you i guess <laughs> in terms of your appearance but also they have to hang out with you with your ridiculous tramline haircut and maybe they actually don't want that and maybe they're the type of person that don't want you know uh doesn't want that so I, so i get it it's just not me i um yeah if yeah there, there is something there is something inside me that's feels quite strongly about this that i would never make a, a judgment about somebody else's appearance and actually comment on it as if they had to change it and also you get the thing if some if people aren't looking good um you know maybe they've been ill maybe they've put on weight maybe they've lost weight and people feel like they can comment on it mm -hmm. i'm really i'm really strong on that that um because sometimes people say oh wow you're looking you're looking ill when you've been ill <laughs> right so, so, oh so, it can God, be something as simple as that it can be something as simple as that so you've been <laughs> you've been it well no no friends will do that surely surely you've had a cold or something and somebody go oh yeah you are looking ill even that for me i don't like because yeah, it's like it's i know how i look i've got a mirror you don't have to really and i've also been ill so obviously i'm looking ill you're just making me feel worse that's the that's at the yeah. that's the that's at the uh, the core of it a lot of people just want to say things to make people feel even slightly worse they don't even realize they're doing it and i'm not about that at all i want to say things that make people feel better not lie but kind of you know yeah i think like what you're talking about with like the telling a partner like giving feedback to a partner i just think that is like yeah i think that is out of order like i think like mm. it's just not okay to do that like you're supposed like it's just not like what i feel like you're supposed to kind of love someone unconditionally and that's that like that's that's the end of it like there's no like clause yeah. that says you can take the piss out of their hair like i just feel like that's not okay it's not taking the piss but it's yeah it, but you know what yeah, i mean it's like it's a difficult one it's a gray area it's kind of because i don't feel mm. that other people shouldn't be doing that mm. it, it's more that it. i personally would not do it and i'm trying to explain why i wouldn't do it to encourage other people not to do it yeah. but i'm not saying you're an awful person if you do it because i get it as i say you love the other person you want them to look good yeah. and you also you know partners will want you to look good on stage as well so partners will have a an opinion on how i'm looking on stage as well mm. and again i take that as kind of i sometimes don't take that well as if it's kind of like why why are we not mm -hmm. talking about um uh, interior rather than exterior yeah i don't know i just sort of think like i my my aim is i'm not here yet is to like be quite to like keep my hands out of other people's business do you know what i mean yeah, or like yeah. to kind of just like not give feedback unless someone asks rather yeah. than jumping in and like trying to get like involved in other people's stuff because that's kind of like a slippery yeah. slope and I think everyone ends up feeling bad after that. Do you know what? Like, no one's going to feel good after that interaction. Yeah. 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 
but um, um someone do you know what <laughs> i uh i I don't have a floor-length floor mirror in my house, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, now everything is explained. <laughs> so, I kind of actually, on the flip side, if I do have a wardrobe malfunction, I really need someone to tell me that because I am not aware. <laughs> I just so, what can you see? What is it like? Um, are you like in a like in a shoe shop? <laughs> you, you've only got a mirror on the floor to lie on the floor <laughs> so i have like in the bathroom like this <laughs> a shaving mirror but but it fell into the sink and it smashed <laughs> you've only got a That's shaving what I mirror used to put my contact lenses in like a guys you oh know like the God. round ones yeah like yeah magnified so i use and it's do you use the magnified side or the non-magnified well, it depends doesn't it but do you think you do you think you're bigger than you are i yeah i think i look mental i do i certainly yeah do. but like honestly like so I'll be trying why to don't you buy a full-length mirror why don't you the, buy one do you know what it is i just i don't have a car you don't so have a don't car get it home would you like a full-length mirror well, here's the thing or like, is there is there a the, bit that you don't actual, actually want to see yourself yeah well, then I've got like a handheld mirror for doing my makeup. And then I actually feel like my body confidence has improved. But my fashion When you only sense, see bits of you at a time. my fashion sense has gone downhill. Because I literally don't know if like my outfit is like a fully good vibe. Like I'll go out and I'll be like, wow, those shoes, those trainers do not match that boiler suit at all. Do you know what I mean? Because I literally have no idea. Yeah. But what I have to do is, what I do is I put my phone up. And I lean it against something, and then I like do a timer thing, and I'll take a selfie of my outfit, and then I send oh, it okay. to like ten different people. Oh my god! <laughs> and then they'll say, "Yeah, that looks good." Or, that looks bad. But I've asked for feedback in that situation. But I once went to. <laughs> Can I be on your WhatsApp group that you're sending for feedback, please? Because much as I say I don't want to give feedback, if asked, if asked though, on a WhatsApp different. group, it's, it's unsolicited is the word here that like makes that's I mean, the word. Unsolicited that's the word. anything yeah. is bad. Um, but you know, yeah. Victoria Beckham does that. Like, but she uses a the Polaroid show. camera, which is <laughs> <laughs> she uses a Polaroid camera, and then and, and then what? Posts post the photos but to see what her outfits look like. She thinks that's oh, a realistic see. representation. Oh yeah, because she's going to get photographed as well. Yeah, so I mean, uh, I'm not, but. <laughs> Well, I actually went because this mirror situation. I once went to a PT sesh. This was back when I actually did that quite a lot. And uh, I was wearing these leggings that had a see through bit with like white underwear. Like, and my PT were like, said to me so seriously, he was like, This, he was like, I've got something to tell you. And I was like, Oh my God. Like, the way that he said it was so, he was like, Your underwear is showing. But he said it like, the right. way that he delivered it was more dramatic than it should have been. Yeah. And my reaction, therefore, As if therefore, you'd soiled was, yourself. Yeah, my reaction was, like, really over the top of that. I got really anxious, but I was like, mm. if he just said, like, oh, by the way, <laughs> you're, like, you can see your pants. I'm like, oh, that's fine, mate. Yeah. It was just so fucking embarrassing. <laughs> I've, I've got moved... a really serious message yeah, to pass I on moved, to you. I moved gyms now, honestly. <laughs> Partly for convenience, but mainly because of that day. So. Yeah, it's again, it's unsolicited kind of, I know how I look, you know, if there was something on your, 
you know, backside, like, you know, a bit of dog mess, then point <laughs> it out. But if, the you know, you're showing your underwear, that's clearly the choice that you've made. And, yeah, um, yeah don't comment on it. But, yeah, well, next time I'm in um, Glasgow, I'll um, – driving, which will be never <laughs> – I'll bring you over a full-length mirror and you can see the, the true wonder of your uh, outfits. Yeah. I think, like, I will... I think if as soon as I get one, I think I will just... I think it will affect my self-esteem. I think I'll, like, start to, like, hate my body or something. So I think it's good. Even well, you though... can look in the mirror too much. You know, a friend yeah. of mine ne has never looked in the mirror. Um, <laughs> and... Stop. I think it's I think it's the coolest thing. Wait, but you know, sometimes joking? sometimes no, you'll wait, have a go. Sorry, why are you just <laughs> dropping this in? Like it's Yeah. No, but it's wait, the coolest. Wait, what do you mean? Sometimes he has a bit of shit down his face and just like, because he's cut himself shaving or whatever, because he does it without a mirror. And um, you then have to point out to him, you know, but even then I'm like, I'm reluctant to point out. Like, you know, you know you're covered in blood. And he's oh, like, oh, but he does it so kind of, um, I'm covered in blood. Oh, and then he just wet his hand and wipe it off. He's like, then he'll just carry on with the conversation. What he's never he... looked in the mirror. And if we could all reach this nirvana, we'd be so much happier. You know, kind of uh, yeah. the, the amount of time wasted looking in a mirror when actually that's not how other people will see you anyway. Because you um, put like a face on. Do you know what I mean? When well, you put I a face on, it's the I'm other like, way round. Yeah, like do a different posture. Like I definitely do not look like that at any point. Like the way the it's lit. It's lit differently. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of lot of wasted time in the mirror. But yeah, that's. Do you, uh, um... Do you ever do that thing like when you're like walking to a gig or something where you like look in like car windows? Oh yeah. <laughs> I think I look in yeah, every yeah. car window. <laughs> <laughs> Not every make... car window. Yeah, honestly, like every single one. Maybe to make up for the lack That's, of yeah. mirror. <laughs> Just buy you know, I don't know when you've heard of this thing called Amazon. You know <laughs> you, d you don't have a car. <laughs> Just suddenly realise the ridiculousness of that statement. Do Amazon not deliver in Glasgow? Get on Amazon. I'm gonna buy you a full length mirror. They're only about a tenner. Give me your address. I'm sending you a full-length mirror after this podcast. Oh it's ridiculous. Gosh. Looking in the, And again, with the cars, you can't see your lower half anywhere. <laughs> you can only look at... I keep making yeah. poor shoe choices. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna there are good mirrors and bad mirrors as well, as we all know. Yeah. And um, when you find a good mirror, as I've seen on your Instagram, you know, you like a good mirror when you're out or something. You know, that, you're taking a photo you, in it. you notice that I do full-length mirror outfits? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is because I <laughs> That's because you're looking in the mirror. So I'm like, wow, this is what my full outfit <laughs> looks like. Better capture this in this, like, weird in venue in an industrial state that so happens to have a great fucking mirror. I'm like capture this moment Show. yeah but it is you know and a mirror a mirror will make you look will make you happier or not so happy depending the lighting and the mm -hmm. type of mirror and that's a bad state to be isn't it surely it's my friend who never looks in the in the mirror is the happiest lightest person lightest as in free from the wow. you know free from anything weighing him down he never reads a newspaper and he never looks in the mirror and he's the happiest of us all does he like does he have an interest in clothes at all like does he like clothes like does he like serve he, a look he looks good but he yeah he really doesn't worry about it and i don't mm. think he ever has because he doesn't look in the mirror and um yeah, the whole vibe is these are things that we are, 
excuse me, these are things that we are. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so many people have been ill in my audiences recently. I'm just oh like, stop God. coughing. I'm not ill, but I'm uh, just you're like. You're not ill, a, but you're coughing like every five minutes. There was minutes. a lady on the front, front row yesterday going, ah! a real guttural, like, oh, ah! I'm just like, I'm trying to film this as well. Um, oh, yeah. Fucking up. Yeah. I, so yeah, I don't know what I was saying, but yeah, th this guy is is um, is an example to us all. Yeah, we're told to do certain things. We're told to keep in touch with the news. I mean, just today I've been looking at the news again too much, and I'm thinking I've got to learn from this guy. He never looks at the news, and because often there's nothing we can do about it, and there's nothing we can do about sometimes the way we look. So stop looking. Stop looking. So what is your aim for the next 10 years? So basically you've had like this 10, you've come back to stand up and you've, you know, you've reached a stage, you're authentic, you're yourself. Like whether or not that was like something that you aim to do in terms of your career and also like pers hashtag personal development. Do you have any sort of aims with, even like not to do with like your career, but like just to do with how you like feel about yourself over the next like 10 years. Cause it seems like you've reached like a cool level of peace. Lol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a serious question. So I just said lol on the end. Just, <laughs> hashtag lol. peace. Just try and make I'm it I'm so sound depressed. Lol. I'm so um, fucking depressed. LMFAO. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I'm at a nice, really nice point in my life, but I'm in my 40s. It's taken a long time to for all those things, I think, to truly go, and you can pretend that they've gone, mm -hmm. but they truly have gone now. I mean, they, they, you know, they don't 100% go. You know, there's the odd time where one or two things will happen. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, um, that's that's where I am right now. So I really don't see things changing as I get older. But what mm -hmm. they do say about happiness is that um, it's a bell curve, isn't it? You're happiest in your 20s. And then there's a, a big dip in your 30s. <laughs> and God, I'm there early, at the moment. No, I'm yeah, <laughs> early 40s. And, and then your late 40s and then into 50s. That's when you're at your happiest. So you're happiest when either you're 18 or you're 65, 70. And I, I do, you know, getting old, getting older and dying, I've always had a, you know, a fear of that growing older. Mm -hmm. So I do hang on to those kind of things where you, you, you can get happier and you know i i i think of my grandma in in her last on her last day being at peace and being kind of happy and content so i think there is a possibility that while i feel happy now there is true happiness lying ahead of me um in real old age when I say I don't give a fuck now, but of course <laughs> I do because I give a fuck about what the audience see. Mm -hmm. You know, I give I give a fuck about whether they're having a good time or not. And when I'm an 80 or 90 year old stand up, <laughs> that's when you're going to see hilarious Nathan Cassidy, because that's when you'll 100 percent not give a fuck. And I think that's where true happiness lies. So I feel like I'm 99 percent there. But maybe when I'm 70 years old and some of the great stand up, I was watching George Carlin on um, 
um, on a um, yeah, and you know some of these American greats when they're eighty, ninety, and the who was I? George Burns as well. He was ninety. I don't know. He was, there's a brilliant um, with George Burns on um, Johnny Carson, and he's smoking a cigar in his nineties. <laughs> And uh, Johnny Carson says, what, what does your doctor think about this? And George Burns says, uh, my, my doctor's dead. <laughs> you know, he does it. He truly doesn't give a fuck. And he was he died. He wanted to do uh, Caesar's Palace on his uh, um, wow. on his hundredth birthday. He wasn't quite well enough, but he did live till he was hundred. Oh, wow. And there was someone in their 90s being hilarious, being really funny. And that's the beauty of stand-up, that you can get funnier and funnier the more you do it. And you can keep doing it until you're 90. And I guess one of the reasons that you get funnier and funnier is you give, you give less of a fuck. You become yes. more truthful to yourself. And you think when you're 90, you're going to give a fuck about what you're wearing? Of course not. So the quicker you can no. get there. Oh, my God. Yeah, Thank you for having such a, like, I don't know. I feel like you've had, like, a cool, clear message on this podcast today. I feel like, I don't know. It's nice. It's all about authenticity and not giving a fuck and giving less and less of a fuck over time. So you've made Yeah, well, it's made, me, it's made me think about it. It made me think mm -hmm. about it, you know, before I came on. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, just when I was in the shower just now, I haven't planned this for weeks. <laughs> so sorry if I was struggling for words sometimes. But yeah, it is a really cool podcast. Uh, you know, I do, I've listened to the other episodes. It's a, it's a, great, it's a great idea because it's something that, is there uh, every day and um it's not it's it's not kind of talked about in um in the stand-up world and it is you know it is uh it is cool yeah well thanks so much for being a legend and style icon and for speaking to me on the royal mile uh, and thanks for not bringing your son to my show <laughs> and uh People can follow you on social media. You're on TikTok now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how much I don't care. I've joined TikTok. Nathan Cassidy, um, I remember you saying. That's your handle for everything, isn't it? Um, that's my handle for things where I can't get Nathan Cassidy. So it's not <laughs> arrogance. It's just when Nathan Cassidy isn't available, I'll get the Nathan Cassidy. So it's the Nathan Cassidy on Instagram and TikTok and Nathan Cassidy. Great. On Twitter and um, NathanCassidy.com. Yeah, thank you so much. And it was Fabulous. so, uh, I love, I love um, random meeting and I used to kind of keep my head down. I, I talk about this in my show, mm -hmm. Observational. Keep my head down, not kind of look for connections, but you're like a really, really cool connection. I'm so, yes. so, glad I, so glad I met you. Oh, I'm so glad I met you as well. And yeah, I'll see you like <laughs> literally like in a week or something. <laughs> Can't wait. I'm in London, baby. Can't wait. Let's uh, <laughs> let's go out in dressed in my purple suit. I'm sure I got it somewhere. Yes, I'll bring my like <laughs> six suits that are almost identical that you've completely slated. Anyway, I'll see you, <laughs> see you soon and thanks so much. Lots of love. Clothes, clubber, gone, Clothes, clubber, I can't get enough, no. It's funny looks, yeah. It's funny looks, yeah. It's funny looks, yeah. It's funny looks, yeah. It's a podcast talking to performers about the clothes they wear. It's a podcast talking to performers about the clothes they wear. It's funny looks, yeah. It's funny looks, yeah. Can't get enough, no Clothes, clubber, gum, stuff
I can't get enough, no 